Did you ask to Mars? 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 Did you ask to M
this is the one that was a step too far for me. <laughs> the eyeball bulging stuff is my one memory of seeing this as a kid and it freaking my nut out. So Yeah. Well, um, you know, the using the human shield and all that is pretty it's pretty rawly violent, you know? Yeah, but Schwarzenegger killing bad guys I was fine with, right? No, of course. Including <laughs> random civilians who happened to get in the way of him killing the bad guys. Right, it's just <laughs> But that particular little bit of gross body horror was just like, oh, I don't like that. So this one was not one that I watched regularly. Oh, I, I... See, I'm the one that doesn't even like body horror, but it doesn't bother me yeah, so also, much in this You one. weren't, like, three. Okay, yes, good point. <laughs> it doesn't bother me now. <laughs> it bothered me when I was three, and I used to watch Commando and Terminator 2 on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do, so you probably don't remember watching this the first time. Again, I just remember those the, two bits, yeah. Except for the eye-bulging. Uh, okay. After that, I don't remember watching it till I was, like in my teens and I just bought up the entire Schwarzenegger filmography on DVD. Yeah, I, I had this on. Did you have the DVD where it was like in a little tin can shaped like Mars? No, I don't think so. I had a pretty, like a supermarket copy that was like 99p or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty hip. It, um, I still have the DVD, but the tin is, I guess, in America. I need my Mars tin. I should have kept that. Oh, well. Anyway, I just searched Paul Verhoeven. I don't know what I was talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that list of films. I mean, that's what more is there to say? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like you said, it's phenomenal. Starship Troopers and Robocop are very high on the list. Yes. Films we cover. I guess, of, and I, I'm still trying to convince you that we can make showgirls work somehow. Nah, it's 2020. You can look at boobs without having to force a film onto the podcast. Yeah, but you can't act that hard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that one somehow. Starting on a cheat month or something. Oh, right. Yeah, that, I think that's how Paul Verhoeven came up. It's just that we talked showgirls during Batman and Robin, and I didn't know he directed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's, uh, everyone in that movie is acting as hard as they can. And the dialogue is just ridiculous. But we're not really here to talk about showgirls. We're, t- we're here to talk about Total Recall for this particular day. Matt, um, can you recall the events of this film? I recall nothing. <laughs> Wait, no, I made a, I wrote out a plot. Okay, let me get to that. Douglas Quaid is just your average American everyman in the year 2048. He has a construction job and beautiful wife. He decides it's time to spice up his life with Recall, a company that implants vacation memories. Quaid plugs into the MK Ultra machine and takes a trip towards the blue skies on Mars. But all of this is interrupted when Quaid has a psychotic reaction in the process and is scuttled out of Recall. Soon his wife his work buddy, and a cadre of assassins led by Party Richter are out to kill him. It turns out that Quaid himself is an implant. He is really Hauser, an undercover agent with potentially world-changing information about Mars. So Quaid gets his ass to Mars with Richter in interplanetary pursuit. Though staying in the Mars Hilton, Quaid soon finds himself in Venusville, a low-income community populated by the radiation-ravaged workers who built the Mars settlement and their radiation-ravaged offspring. 
Quaid meets Milena, who remembers Hauser. It turns out Hauser was the right-hand man of Mars' despot, Corhagen, who is both Hauser and Richter's boss. After a rocky reunion, Quaid is confronted by a doctor and his wife claiming that Quaid is really still in the recall chair, having psychotic delusions. Quaid responds to a bead of sweat on the doc's brow by shooting him right between the eyes and getting a divorce. With the help of Benny, a mutated cab driver, Quaid reunites with Milena and the trio meets Cuato, the leader of the Mars Resistance and a psychic mutant who can access the Mars secrets stored in Quaid's head. But this is all interrupted as Benny turns out to be a turncoat mole who has brought Corhagen's police directly to the rebel lair. Corhagen tries to strap Quaid and Milena in recall chairs to bring back Hauser and make Milena his submissive woman. But somehow, every man Quaid finds the power to break free of the chair and murder the scientist trying to replace his identity. Fortunately, the experience with Quato has allowed Quaid to remember a secret, buried, ancient Martian machine resting under the pyramid mine. Milena and Quaid make their way to the installation. There's a battle with Richter that ends with his arms being torn off and falling to his doom. See you at the party, Richter! Quaid is about to turn on the Martian machine when Corhagen strikes. Corhagen's wild gunfire breaks open one of the airlocks, sucking him and then Milena and Quaid to their bug-eyed doom in the Martian atmosphere. While Corhagen's head explodes, Quaid managed to turn on the machine before being sucked out. And as the machine is pumping out breathable atmosphere, Quaid and Milena survive to enjoy the blue skies on Mars. Got it on the brain, tip of my brain, got a type of my brain, uh, e, e, emergency medical hologram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's in my notes, actually, which I haven't handed you yet. I probably should have done that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, Robert Picardo, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. I did note that. Because <laughs> I think when Voyager was first starting, that was like his main claim to fame. It was like, oh, he was the guy that did the voice of the cab driver in Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, come on, this film only has one actor, right? No, it has several actors. Okay. It's got a few, yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 on on Google, it said Bill Nye was in it, but now that I'm looking at the full cast list, I can't see him. I don't think he is. <laughs> well, do you want to go straight to the Schwartz? We've got to start with the Schwartz. Okay, yeah. we already did a little bit of the Schwartz, so. Um, like I said, I, I, for me, this is, this is his, um, the movie that you would um, inscribe on his gravestone, even though you say he can't die. But <laughs> uh, Well, his, um, his autobiography is called Total Recall. As well, it should be. Because it's him recalling his life. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Uh, we, we know Schwarzenegger is, is very good at describing the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a good read until the last chapter. Because um, his autobiography came out just after all the business with him sleeping with the maid and his wife leaving him. 
And the last chapter is just like a really pathetic bit where he begs his wife to come back. Oh my. <laughs> and you're reading it just like, it's not happening, Arnie. It's not happening, mate. <laughs> you're Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can, there's plenty more fish in the sea when you're Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so when you read the book, it's just his voice the whole time in your head, Oh, right? God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. But like, it's not like Total Recall. He can barely make words, Schwarzenegger. It's like modern political Schwarzenegger's voice. Yeah, because it's well written. The so one that like, needs to make species, probably yeah. well ghost written, but uh. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But I, I can believe that he did write most no, write I mean, quite well. He's a smart. I mean, I'm not. I'm you know. I'm just assuming that he's busy, too busy to write a book. <laughs> uh, not at this point, he wasn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, do you want what, what's what's the best Schwartz performance? I, I am actually going to go with performance. This one. Ooh. I, I'm going to go with this one. Um. For, for the public image of Schwarzenegger, for, right. the, for the full-on McBain Schwarzenegger. I was gonna, it's, I, the other one is just him playing the Terminator. Yeah. Because I think he is very good at that. Well, he's very subtle. Like right. That, right. Whereas, Whereas this, this is him just over-the-top Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I'm, and the bits where he's, like, talking to himself, playing two roles. Like, he does actually play two characters in this, and they are distinct-ish. <laughs> so, yeah, I, this might be the top one. Yeah. <laughs> um... Well, it's either this or it's Batman, Batman and Robin. So, Just a stupid punch, right. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. You know I'm going to choose this one. Yeah. Uh, Sharon Stone did come back to work with uh, Verhoeven because she did Basic Instinct after this. Um, she's not really into that much when you get right down to it. I, I guess she was not... I guess Basic Instinct's what made her a star, so she's just here. Right, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mostly just remember her as like a plot device rather than a character. Yeah, she's just, I guess since she's an A-list actor, we so, have to bring her up. While we're on the Schwartz and, I guess, his like marriage with her and stuff, this film plays as a plot point what most Schwarzenegger films try and ignore, which is that he doesn't look like he should just exist in day-to-day life, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he's just like a, a regular schlub working on a construction site doesn't compute because he's a freaking giant. He's a it's like that, that comic run where Thor tries to just get a job working at a construction site. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't work out. Like he has to, ends up fighting a big dragon and then five years later comes back to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in the comics. Like, oh yeah, I remember you. Oh, you're back. That's pretty <laughs> it's like, good. It's ridiculous. <laughs> because in the meantime, he went on like a, you know, like, giant arc in Asgard between his shifts at the construction site. That's pretty good. <laughs> Which would work with uh, Quaid, I guess. Yeah, when you get to, like, the sort of the 2000 stuff, like Collateral and whatever, where he is meant to be playing Average Joes, Schwarzenegger can't play an Average Joe because he's Schwarzenegger. Collateral damage. Yes, Collateral's the Tom Cruise <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here like, he's not in that. <laughs> okay. Right. I think I've never seen Collateral Damage. Is that? Okay. I guess that, I don't that, need that is the run of like the worst Schwarzenegger films, but I still enjoy them. Yeah, like I Sixth Day, End of Days. I like End of Days. Sixth Day. I like I both like of those. those yeah. but, I like Eraser, but they're okay. not like top tier, right? No, Eraser is like um, I, I just watched Commando, so now I'm going to watch Eraser. I guess <laughs> is True Lies the end of peak Schwarzenegger? Probably, because at that point he's fully self-parody, right? Yeah, because yeah, after that's Batman Robin, where right. he's kind of a. When, when were the straight-up comedies, like The Kindergarten Cop and the... They would, he would come between movies. I think Twins was actually 89. I think it was before oh. this. Yeah. And then Junior was the... Maybe Kindergarten Cop was between. But no, he, he, he did, like, when Pete Schwarzenegger, he was jingling all the way while he was also still mm. being the Terminator. Okay. Although, um, one of my all-time 
most regrettable it never happened movies is triplets did you ever hear about that go on basically since twins happened danny devito schwarzenegger and eddie murphy <laughs> we're talking about the sequel triplets okay i was just holding my breath to hear who the third right. one was wouldn't that have been the best film ever yeah <laughs> I, I remember liking twins quite well i haven't seen I, it for I, very I long i do time. like all the the dumb schwarzenegger comedies which often get maligned yeah, I don't think I've seen dumb Schwarzenegger comedy since they're in the theater. I'm going to have to yeah, go through a dumb Schwarzenegger comedy I mean, um, film festival sometime. A lot of them do have a slight sci-fi edge, so we could, we could squeeze them in there once we run out of series. I remember hating Junior, though. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I loving Junior. Junior might be the worst of them, but still. Okay. <laughs> it's, fun to, it's fun to make the fun of, right? Jingle All the Way for Christmas. There we go. <laughs> you, you know I'm all the way up for Jingle All the Way. I love that film. <laughs> and I've never seen it. <gasps> that, that was the first Schwarzenegger I saw in theaters. Okay. Because I was old enough to. I guess this was the first Schwarzenegger I saw in theaters. I'm trying to think if I would have seen... No, actually, Twins probably was. <laughs> Weirdly enough. But, uh, yeah. Uh, there are other actors here. Um, I, yeah, Sharon Stone's just in a little bit. But um, Ronnie Cox and Mike Ironside. Mike Roll. Mike Roll. Michael Ironside. There's some winners. See, I feel like you're more of a... You're more of a Michael Ironside fan. But I would say I'm more of a Ronnie Cox fan. Man, it's hard to pick and, and choose, really. Um, yeah, I, when I saw Terminator Salvation, actually with, our, our, with, with Mark, our guest, it's either just before or just after this episode. I'm not quite sure. But, um, yeah, we went to see Salvation, and I remember trying to convince him walking out of the theater that, no, 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 it had to be good because Michael Ironside's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's only in it for like 20 seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not a good movie. But he's good here. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like screaming, see you at the party, Richter. See you at the party, Richter. That's a good one. It's a good one. See, for me, this film isn't one for Schwarzenegger lines. It's Schwarzenegger sound. Consider this is the boss. Just... <laughs> oh, that too. Oh, screaming in the chair. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, his eyes... an animal for this film. His eyes are, like, popping out there for real, not yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. effects later. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, Ronnie Cox is like the best 80s villain ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when he's a good guy, he's a villain. Yeah. Like Beverly Hills Cop, Star Trek. <laughs> he's not ostensibly a villain in those, but you still kind of hate him. I've heard, I've heard a, a um, I've heard reasonable arguments for uh, Captain Ronnie Cox being a good captain. He's just like a little bit of a hard ass, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the episode doesn't make him out to be like wrong for being that way. Yeah. Because it's like... He's got a job to do when he's doing it, sort of thing. Right. And if you wanted to... Yeah, um, the Jericho... That's... I only... I just recently watched those episodes, so... Mm. They're very, uh, in fact, yeah, I remember. We watched... I watched this film for the podcast a couple of weeks back because events transpired and we couldn't get our guest on. But the very next day, I watched um, that two-part of Star Trek. Chain, Chain of Command. Command. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I was like, oh, shit, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> but it's because you saw him in RoboCop, and you saw him here, and he was so evil, you can't trust that guy. <laughs> right, right, right. I said, I'm sure that's why they cast him in that role, right? Michael Ironside is the perfect henchman. Yeah, yeah. He can never <laughs> be the main villain. No, no, he doesn't make sense as the main villain, but yeah. Um, so it's not, I don't think it's necessary I prefer one. I just, I just like screaming out that one quote. Right. <laughs> no, but see, until I looked up the cast of the film, I couldn't have told you Michael Ironside's name. Oh, okay, there we go. Or yeah. Cox, because he's in so many films I love. Come on, just... Although, uh, even, I don't think I know his name. I'm just like, oh, that guy. <laughs> you know, these are names... Cohen, you're going to file these names. Michael Ironside, it's Ronnie very, Cox. I, mean, I think it's because I always get him confused with Jeremy Irons. Uh, I can see that. <laughs> he makes a good villain, too. So. <laughs> yeah. Including in real life. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, big old homophobe. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great clip where he's like, but 
Could a father not marry his son? Oh, oh well, that would be incest. <laughs> but it's not incest between men. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, I, there's a few bit roles. Uh, the guy who plays Benny, I recognize him, but yeah, I actually don't. You want yeah, to... Dean Norris. He's in... Oh, sorry, wrong character. Mel Johnson Jr. plays Benny. Oh, okay. He's from Fresh Prince, Star Trek. Well, I guess I saw him there. Jessica Jones. Yeah, he just he has bit roles. Okay, he's a recognizable face. and yeah, yeah, he's got a big old career of minor roles, so. But I, I think he's quite, I mean, it's not a big role, but he's pretty effective here. It's a good, it's a good little character part. Well, yeah, and it's, <clears throat> you never suspect the comedy black sidekick to be the one who betrays you. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? it and then it's like a double twist. It's like, I'm a mutant. You can trust me even more. Oh, no, you can't. I'm a dick. Yep. <laughs> uh, while you have it out, uh, Milena is played by... Rachel Ticotten. Any other hits for her? I don't uh, feel like... Connor. Falling down. Yeah, again, Just minor roles stuff. here and there. Okay. Uh, now, in the way Benny stands out, and, and Sharon Stone stands out in her bit part, she doesn't... No, it's only chance that she went on to be a bigger actress than she was here. Yeah, yeah. Sharon Stone. Right, right. Whereas, um, well, it's just kind of there, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, again, I don't know if it's just because it's, oh, there's Sharon Stone, or because she's doing a good job here. She's certainly not doing a bad job. <laughs> I don't think anyone does a bad job here. No, no, everyone's good, so... Like, like me saying Milena is not, like, memorable as the other roles is because we have, like, way larger-than-life characters in this movie, and she's not bad, she just doesn't stand out. <laughs> right. Uh, are there any other actors you want to reference? Oh, yeah, I, I just I brought him up it. briefly then. Um, Schwarzenegger's friend on the construction site, Tony. Oh, yes, he's I, the, he's the like character the, actor. Yeah, yeah, you yeah see him he's big role in, like, Breaking Bad and stuff. Okay. And I just feel like he's all over TV and probably movie bit parts in the, in around this vintage. Uh, definitely a recognizable face as well. Yep. For characters, who is Douglas Quaid? Well, um, popular <laughs> comedy website slash TV series slash book uh, had a, it's just uh, called Law of the Playground. And people would just write in stories from like their time at school, right? And there's this one story that always stuck with me where uh, there were this kid and his brother, and their surname was Quaid. And the kid started bullying him. <laughs> I just constantly calling him Quaid in stupid accents. And the story just goes to his brother, they keep calling me Quaid. It's your name. <laughs> but uh, it's stuck with me. In terms of this movie, though, he's really only six months old at most. Yeah, I mean, does he, does he exist at all? Right. <laughs> right. See, like I said, I, don't, I said I don't remember watching this film, but it must have had an effect on me. Because I've, many, many times in my life, I've just stopped and thought, huh. I don't know for a fact that anything before this moment happened. <laughs> no, you don't. That's what makes it fun. Well, and I mean, that's very true. Our yeah. memories are super fake <laughs> because your brain just fills in the gaps. It can't record everything. Speaking of which, part of the fun is you don't really have to come down, but I think for getting into a discussion, 
we do need to basically put down our, our foot on which side we are taking from this movie that um, he did go to Mars and have this wild adventure or it is all the implant. Hmm. I went th- in my 20s, I would have said implant. Now I'm like, adventure. Yeah, same. It's more <laughs> fun that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, it's just what, so much more fun that this guy is on this like, ridiculous, ultra-violent <laughs> quest. I mean, come on, Recall needs to tone it down a bit if it's your implant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's not going to be like a, you wake up, you're like, that was fun. You wake up and you're traumatized for life. <laughs> I know, you're, you're going to get PTSD from this uh, vacation. So, <laughs> so I, I am going, even though, in the last shot is certainly, but... Um, we're going to talk a bit more about that with Inception, but you know, there's in a very unsubtle film, it's a nice touch of subtlety mm. that is never quite clear what's going on in the in those terms. So, um, I'm going with the it happened, and Douglas Quaid is six months old, mm. and and he and for Douglas Quaid to survive, he has to murder Hauser basically, or yeah. at least submerge him. Not that he has any trouble with murdering in this film, so. <laughs> Darren Hauser is a huge dick. So. True. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too, of course. That, that's something I really like, actually, in this film. Hauser and Cox are obviously both assholes, but they are genuinely friends. Yes. <laughs> so it's just nice seeing him like, he's like, oh, Hauser's an asshole. Hey, he's actually one of my best friends. <laughs> it's just very real and human. Well, you don't yeah, often see that with like 80s and 90s action movie villains. Maybe that's why I like to see you at the party line so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although Cohagen does give Hauser, uh, not Hauser, um, uh, b- 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 I actually mixed up in my plot. Oh, yeah, I just called him Cox. That's just his real name. <laughs> no, no, Cohagen is Cohagen. Cox, right? Yeah. yeah. I, Cohagen's a great name. Hauser, Hauser, Richter, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I was, I was talking about Hauser. They're kind of similar in Richter, Hauser. Cohagen. That one's a little different. Yeah, it but sounds it's just, more Dutch. Verhoeven's just brought all of his European names. Yeah. Ugh. I have a weird name. Yeah, Commodus. Yeah. See, I have an uncommon name, but it's very bland. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think mine was, uh, it's like German, and it kind of went through the land of the Dutch, and then got, like, misspelled a bit more once people came to America. Right. Yeah, see, I, 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 it's not offensive I say, like, the land of the Dutch, because that's, like, most of my ethnicity. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Actually, I'm um, Actually, 16th black, so I can say it. Yeah, well, the Lando Dutch isn't that incendiary. I know, I know, anyway. I know. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I actually genuinely am never quite sure what I'm meant to call it. Is it Holland? Is it the Netherlands? Is it? Yeah. That's why I just say I went to Amsterdam and don't say which country it's in. And you don't say what you did there. <laughs> um, so, they're, anyway, they're, they're, they're villainous villains, but they're weirdly likable villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just fun to see on screen. It's... Um, what do we talk about uh, where you just truly hate this character a few weeks ago? Well, we were talking about the Independence Day aliens. Oh, there's yeah. No, there's, no, there's no enjoying them. You want them to die. Right, right. But yeah, as a Brit, generally, we do kind of side with the villains a lot. You know, <laughs> there's a reason we play all the villains on TV. <laughs> it's because we kind of like them. But yeah, so there are some where it's like, yeah, I want to see this guy get his comeuppance. And there are some where it's like, you know, I don't not want Schwarzenegger to win, but I'm enjoying the ride. <laughs> Like maybe his arms will come back on and we'll get another scene with him. Get with robot arms. <laughs> cool. Come back with robot. Oh, yeah. oh, Biff is who we were talking about. Yes. yes. But even Biff, it's fun to watch. Yeah. But you do hate it. Now I think there was a, there was someone with a little more extra. Toka. 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's, you, you don't enjoy Tokata. <laughs> Fantastic acting when he's on the screen, you just cringe. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. When, the old The old meaning of cringe. <laughs> when Cox and Ironside are on screen, and when Arnie's in his couple, you know, video turns as villain, it's just fantastic. Man, the copters are coming for us again. Coming to shut us up for speaking the truth. <laughs> Maybe it's this neighborhood has made noise complaints and they're actually out here to arrest us. I the, think it's happened. Sick the copters on us for noise complaints. I like that. <laughs> it's taking its time. It's an ambulance copter. Definitely yeah. taking its time. Um, this film doesn't really do too much for the female roles. <laughs> uh, no. There are like two women in it. And yeah. they both exist to fancy Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I guess they, they, they can... Well, I don't think um, Sharon Stone fancies them. For the well... Moment. She's just... She's... I mean... She's, her, she's his handler. I don't think she was too upset about having to sleep with Arnold Schwarzenegger every night. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that is a line in the film, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet you hated every moment of it. But, yeah... But the, they're not... This film's not the worst for female roles of the dumb sci-fi actions we've done. I guess it's they are characters. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess it's because Milena's so bland compared to to his his wa- quote wife unquote. But uh, I yeah, do. She still has some like spark to her. Yeah, that's true. She, again, she's and like that. yeah, she cares more about. She actually cares about the mission. Not she's not just like there because she she thought she's like they often are in these sort of stories. So right, I do going under the athletic. Slotty. <laughs> <laughs> Athletic and slutty for, for oh, yeah. Arnie. <laughs> That's how we like them. Yeah. And then there's the guy with three boobs. Yes. Get your ass to Mars. I think, does that, does that mean I'm not starting the podcast with that anymore? Well, you, did you? I don't know, because I haven't edited it yet. All right, well, no, because, no. Okay. When do we start the podcast with set the line? We never do that. This one's going to have it. Well, it's not now. Fuck you. <laughs> now I'm just going to put Wait, it what in was the po- What was the podcast where you tried to start every segment with the same line? <laughs> <laughs> was it The Matrix? It might have been. There was one where you kept using the same quote on like three different segments. <laughs> right, right. But then I skipped one or two, so yeah, it like, really Yeah, it's like work. if you did it on every segment, it works. Or if you do it once, it works. But you did it like twice, it's just lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's some design in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, when I saw it, actually... It, it seemed a little clunky and weird, like in that analog way. Like, like they're reaching too far without having the CGI. Mm. Now I watch it, I'm like, this is great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, the mutants look great, Mars looks great. But when I was 11, you know, it looked a little fakey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, gloopy. Maybe that kind of fits the tone, though, as well. It does. It's a tonal thing. It's a Verhoeven thing, I guess, right. you know. This is only, like, his second well-known film, so I guess people weren't completely... De- and Robocop is not that colorful. No, Robocop is very gritty and... Well, because the world of Robocop is mostly not that futuristic. Mm. There's like the robots and 
the capitalism is turned up by like one notch on the dial. Otherwise, it's just the world we live in. Yeah, whereas this is like the hyper-violent version of like Omni Magazine, which was a science magazine in the 80s and possibly now too, I don't know. <laughs> the skeleton x-ray bit looked really good. Yeah, that's coming to your airport next week. It's already there, right? <laughs> the one where they can just look at you naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, some prescient stuff there. Although air travel does seem a little more lack, well, certainly compared to um, June 2020. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's a, That was his plan to get through Barr's immigration? Well, to just be in a big lady suit, too? That, 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 that starts malfunctioning. <laughs> I guess if it had worked, it would have been okay. It's, but once it comes out, and first you get that rubbery, like, yeah, Schwarze- yeah, yeah. another Schwarzenegger head. And then, but he looks like, he looks like, pretty confident like that's pretty much what he was expecting to happen which can't be the case well he's just Schwarzenegger he does what he wants (laughs) (laughs) where does Schwarzenegger not look confident (laughs) Um, I think both of us were eating when Quato showed up and we knew Quato was showing up too yep he's a little gross (laughs) I was eating gyoza I can't remember what I was eating but I was I was definitely eating it in the bath (laughs) (laughs) watching Dory yep Where does the where on the, the phone? Where's the phone go? No, no, no. The laptop sits on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well now you know how Luke watches these movies. I watched a lot of those movies that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to do on a Sunday evening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, other stuff. So I, I never really noticed the spaceship until this viewing. I mean, you don't see it much, but someone put some work into that. Uh, Transport ship. Yeah, I'm already, I can't picture it. Does it just basically look like an airplane? Kind of. It was kind of bulky. I just noticed, hey, that's a pretty cool shot of it landing and getting through Mars. Um, I honestly, yeah, I can't even picture the spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> my notes are still in my backpack. I, I haven't, why did I even write them? Okay. <laughs> well, the, the, the process of writing the notes helps you remember, right? True. But I wrote them like two Your weeks teacher, ago. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm kind of winging the recall here. That's how we do it. I'm, I mean, I'm, this is a film I can recall. I'm new to the game, man. I'm only six months old mentally. I can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Venusville. Say that in a Japanese accent. <laughs> <laughs> there is the Venus line. Do you and, want to tell them about that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very nice road. We did uh, the Sunra episode there. Um, goes, goes along the ridge, just beautiful scenery. It's called the Venus Line, but um, once you change that to katakana, the uh, Japanese symbols used for foreign words, it comes out saying, Venus Line. <laughs> <laughs> so, Venus Ville. <laughs> it's cool, though. I don't know. Would, would you rather hang out the Hilton or Venus P- uh, <laughs> I would always rather be on Mars. <laughs> the, the Hilton on Mars, on Mars. On Mars. Or, ah. or Venusville. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be a class traitor, so I'm going to say Venusville. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you can party there harder, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but um, I, that's, I guess that's a notable thing. You know, just the, the workers are all mutated and screwed up now. Um, you know, we got that with, like, what, fracking operations stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Back in, like, the 50s and stuff, loads of people were working with radiation and not told how dangerous it was. Exactly. Um, in Japan, is it Miyamoto in Japan where they... The, the entire town got like mercury poisoning because of their industry. Oh, I recently <clears throat> listened to a podcast about that, but I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Miyamoto. There, there's, there's been a couple yeah, where yeah. they've just completely fucked up a river and killed But them. Venusville is basically there, right? Yeah. Because so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, even the kid, you know, that's like the next generation is also kind of screwed. So it, it, it's a. Because Verhoeven 
does make notable social commentary in all of his films while he's going over the top with sex and violence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, quite frankly, charging the people for oxygen is not that different to charging them for medical care. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, in, in Japan, I mean, I pay a little bit, but we're mostly covered here. It's nice. Um, America, not so much. England, yeah, you can go break your nose and... Get it fixed up, I guess. That's nice. For now. <laughs> For now, yeah. <laughs> well, like, like I always tell Americans, I broke my wrist because I was drunk and I didn't pay a penny. <laughs> <laughs> but would this film be worthless if, he'd, if it was just a dumb Schwarzenegger film without the commentary? Would it still stand as well? Oh, I don't... Again, like... Nothing is not political. <laughs> right? That doesn't exist. If you make a piece of art, you are making a political statement. Wait, are you saying the opposite because it's a double negative? I'm saying everything is political. There we go. So nothing is not political. Oh, okay, there. A film like Commando is very political because it's just like, an army dude's cool. Look how big a dick you've got if you're in the army. Right? So if he tried to make this film without making these political statements, he'd just make different political statements, right. which would be less good. So this film would be worse if he wasn't putting his message in there. So it's like Verhoeven's like, I'm going to give you red-blooded Americans what you want. Also, I have something to say. Well, yeah, I mean, Robocop is very explicitly that. Yeah. The whole <laughs> film is just a pastiche of America. Well, that's my point. Even Showgirls is, right? Yeah. Um, basic, actually, I haven't seen Basic Instinct, but <laughs> I'm assuming it's good because the four surrounding it are. Mm. <laughs> and it has a reputation for being good. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other four, yes, yes, they're among my favorite films. So, I, why have, yeah, you need to watch that one. That's kind of interesting that you did, you did your whole that's a p- p- perfect five films thing. You haven't even seen one of them. Yeah, it just occurred to me. I've seen, bits, I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen The Crotch. <laughs> well, you have gone on record on this podcast many times saying how much you love 70s Bush. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I have not. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've sat down and watched that one from start to finish. Eh? Yes, I need to. <laughs> Same. I'm going to give Verhoeven the benefit of the doubt anyway. So Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to be doing that one on this podcast, but Showgirls, I'm, I'm going to hold out hope for. But generally, when you get into Paul Verhoeven's politics, I pretty much agree with everything he has to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It's, it's like, here's big, dumb America for you, uh, just taken to ridiculous extremes, like Flash Gordon. <laughs> right, 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 right. Except with more blood. <laughs> well, or like um, Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, Roland Emmerich, I feel, is more of the... Um, I don't think... Roland Emmerich is as good at it as possible, like but the, I think he is taking the piss a little bit. He's the chewable tablet version yeah, yeah, for your yeah, kids. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's the, like, um, White House dinner playful ribbing mm. jokes about America, whereas this is the, like, you know... Verhoeven goes for the jugular. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally and metaphorically. I was trying to think of someone in the media who does that, and then I realized they don't exist at the moment. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> There's some alternative media. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mainstream. This, right. this guy is the Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> We're brainstopped. Um, well, like I said at the start of this segment, let's get our ass to Mars. Oh, yes, Mars. <laughs> Fascinating place. Um, I assume, yeah, what, what, what is then on Mars? It's the life on Mars. Mm. See that TV show, either version? Yeah, yeah, I've watched all of the British version. Okay. It's really good. The American one's not bad, too. I mean, the British one's better, but yeah, yeah. the American one actually didn't, like, screw it up. Or I watched it back when I was interested in being a police officer. My politics have done a 
big 180 since then. <laughs> I wonder if I would still enjoy that show as much. Hmm. Because a lot of the appeal is, oh, here's a guy from the 70s with Batwindler. The cops would just beat you up. <laughs> but then there's also the main character you're meant to identify with who's like a bit more like liberal, but he's still a fucking cop. <laughs> yeah, you know how I um, prepared for my, my, my Schwarzenegger um, reading of the plot? How? I put on the uh, on YouTube where they put all the McBain all the clips McBain's from the together, yeah. into like a movie. <laughs> I enjoy that. Yeah. So. My favorite is when he busts out the ice sculpture. Ice to see you. <laughs> see, I keep thinking that's some Batman and Robin, right? Like, but the, it's barely the size of like one of his limbs. <laughs> it's like his arm just <laughs> outside. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. If you want to do a real Schwarzenegger impression, not a real one, but if you want to do it effectively, go for McBain. Yeah. Everyone thinks they can do a good Schwarzenegger, but they can just do a McBain. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fun to do McBain. Yep. <laughs> Where were we? Politics, life on Mars. Mars. Okay, so the cops here on Mars. Is that how you want to get your ass with the cops on Mars, the fuzz? I guess it's more no, of a secret service. If we make a new planet, let's not put cops on it. It's the first thing we do, for fuck's sake. Well, this has a <laughs> private security force, yes. which is kind and of the worse. Same thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know in America, a lot of prisons are actually privatized. They just didn't bother to really you know, advertise that. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> Everyone knows that. It's, just, it's all run for profit, the whole system. Well, they didn't notice until it was like already in place, right? Right, right Which right. I guess is why people are like, protesting now. <laughs> yeah, system sucked. Well, yeah, maybe that's why, you know, the Martians are all dead, because they also... It was extra fucked, fucked on Mars, right? Because <laughs> it was screwed from the start. Right. <laughs> I, I guess Ronnie Cox, Cohagen, um, did he establish this colony? Is he Elon Musk? I was about to mention Elon Musk. <laughs> if we let a fucking capitalist go and start our Mars colony, this is what we'll get. What He's already it? talked about indentured servants. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's like, um, well, I think everyone should uh, have the opportunity to go to Mars, even not the super rich. Like, you know, we could loan them the money. And then someone replies, like, oh, and they could pay it off when they get there. And he's like, yeah, exactly. It's like, you're talking about slaves. You want to take slaves to Mars, you maniac. Do you want to meet Elon Musk's bitch? <laughs> I want to meet Elon Musk in a steel cage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take him and Jeff Bezos, tag team, fuck it. <laughs> so what if it were a government crew making it over? Is that better? That's which government? It was one of the nice European ones, yeah. No, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go China at this point. I think. Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. might have, uh, until recently, might have still had a chance of that, but uh, they're they're kind of crapping their pants. Are you too hard. shitting on Space Force, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve Carell. <laughs> face just popped in my head. <laughs> I haven't seen the show. <laughs> Me either. But uh, yeah, who who should? Go? I mean, can an enlightened. If, if, you want, if you're going to go en masse to a new place, can you have enlightened minds take you there? Not yet. Mm. How does that happen? How, how do we get to Mars and make it like... We have to fix Earth first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Christ, get rid of... Burn it all down, start again. Okay. <laughs> Viva la revolution. So, um, do you think we know more about Mars? What's on Mars now? Uh, think, what, you think we, know, we as a species know more than what we as the public know? I don't know. I'm just, uh, you know, this movie definitely puts in the... They don't, they don't really harp on it too hard, but, you know, it is, it is the climax, right, where the aliens have uh, yeah. in there. But then in, in real life, maybe there's a face, so maybe it's like, like people have been there before, and then we all, all our heads exploded or an asteroid hit or something. 
I don't know. I, I mean, I would love it if we found evidence of life on Mars, whether it's bacterial or a civilization. I'm not currently of the belief that there is any. <laughs> um, maybe that's because the proof I haven't been seen because it's been hidden from me. Maybe it's because we haven't found any. <laughs> like, oh. I, I guess the things to look at, because the names are so fantastic, there's areas of Mars that some, honestly, I'm not, put, I'm more, com like I'd find the pyramids in the face to be more of a compelling argument, but there right. are places that, oh, it looks like a city grid. And they have fantastic okay. names like Galaxia Chaos and Atlantis Chaos. Nice. Those, those are actual scientific names for areas on Mars. Oh yeah, because the people who go into Mars research are dorks like us who grew up watching sci-fi. <laughs> but it's worth remembering back when like War of the Worlds was written, everyone was 100% convinced that there were canals on Mars, which were just like, Ravines. Actually, I want to get into that, which is, uh, that's Percival Lowell. Right. Who thought he was seeing canals on Mars. Um, his vision, or his assumptions, basically started up sci-fi. That's where John Carter's kind of based from those, all the way to Flash Gordon, takes a trip to Mars. Even now, I mean, we, we said, is Flash Gordon viable today? Not so much, but is Percival Lowell's vision of sci-fi still valid today? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I st everyone still wants there to be canals on Mars, you know? <laughs> See, what I would, what I love, and which, because we, it doesn't seem to be the case, sci-fi doesn't do it anymore, is just the idea of if we developed and the whole time there had been another species developing at about the same pace on another planet. Wouldn't mm. that be cool? Yeah. Like we've just been communicating with them the whole time. That'd be really fun. Or what if we are a civilization with amnesia and we've simply been there before and the planet yeah. has been uh, taken out. Um, one interesting thing when you look at Mars... What if, what if we get warp travel and then the Vulcans find us and we're like, oh, fuck, these guys cannot have that shit. <laughs> <laughs> just well, take it away. There is evidence. Um, <laughs> that's, that's happened like every 50,000 years. <laughs> we try and enter the galactic community and they're just like, fuck, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, come back next week. <laughs> um... But the, the geography of Mars is interesting because it's basically like half of its crust has been ripped off. Mm. Like half of it's pretty smoothed out and the other half actually has like mountains and stuff. And uh, the, the idea is possibly as recently as a couple thousand years or a few million years ago that got a notable comet hit which would screw up a planet, shift around its crust, all that stuff. Mm. It got glassed by the Covenant. We have meteorites on Earth that came from Mars. How do they get knocked off Mars? Well, a comet strike would do that. <laughs> and, if the com and if some of these things were around before the comet strike, it's just it's interesting. I think I saw Mars the other night. Yeah, it's out there most nights. Yeah, I, it was the night I had to sleep in that train station. Mm. It was just by the moon. There was like a very red one. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Mars. That's yeah, cool. could have been Jupiter, but uh, I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, the sky clock. Follow the sky clock, man. The real clocks are just trying to make you think things. I saw an article this morning. Uh, I think I told you before the, the Aboriginal or the Julie encounters. This is actually 2012, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. I saw an article actually sitting in your apartment before we came out here that uh, someone has said that, oh, actually June 21st is the Mayan end. So let's see what happens next week. Cool, cool beans. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, I've got a date on the 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> Japan time, you might be, you might be okay. That, that was an American article. Ah, uh, true. You can have true. your date, you can have a big uh, uh, explosive ending I mean, it's right, I've got a date with a different girl on the 21st. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of them listened to this.
Matt, did Dick. You... <laughs> Thanks. Did you get round to reading We Can Remember It For You Wholesale? It's on this iPad I'm recording on, but actually I finished reading The Mars Mystery by Graham Hancock instead, which okay. was also relevant. That's where I learned that half of Mars' crust had been blown off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sent me a podcast from the guests that we were hoping to get for this mm. podcast. Um, and they're talking about how like they think parts of Mars were nuked, parts of it have been like deliberately yeah, landscaped a... or whatever. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> but anyway, I, I Philip K. Dick, that's why I'm screaming dick at you. Okay. Okay, so yeah, we got some... <laughs> I love lots of films based on Philip K. Dick stories. They make great sci-fi. <laughs> I don't like most of his writing, though. Yeah. He, a, couple he... of, a couple of his lower-key stuff I like, but he just gets too trippy too quickly in most of his stuff. Yeah, we had this conversation off mic where I, I've actually only read The Man in the High Castle. Right. Which I did, did enjoy. It was fine. It, was, it did feel pulpy, mm. but it was, it was a fun read. But I haven't um, gotten to the stories. Uh, yeah, I just forgot that did load it here, but forgot I read it. Second Variety, which kind of inspired Terminator. Oh, another one. Okay. We right. talked about. We did talk about it in the Terminator episode. Okay, I thought it was Harlan Ellison stuff. But... The Harlan Ellison stuff is the one that <clears> they managed <throat> to sue for, but ah. the Philip K. Dick one is actually a way better fit. Right. Well, Philip K. Dick died too soon to sue anyone. And also, I don't think he would have given a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, he did get a look at Blade Runner before uh, he passed on, but oh, cool. he did not get to see this so one. So yeah, I tried to read Duandoy's Dream of Electric Sheep. And it's just way too long and boring. Mm. <laughs> um, and this one, at least, is a short story. But, like, it's ten times trippier than the film. <laughs> at the end, it turns out that a race of aliens the size of mice invaded Earth, but he treated them with kindness, so they decided not to destroy the Earth for as long as he lives. <laughs> and then he wiped his memory of that, but then he tried to get that implanted as a dream, and they found out that was real as well as the secret agent stuff. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Verhoeven took, like, the interesting idea. Oh, what if they can implant dreams, but it turns out it's real? And just got rid of the really trippy nonsense. <laughs> I, I guess another writer that, um, I don't think they made so many movies, but uh, William Gibson. Kind of I never heard the name. Yeah, um, he, he also gets real trippy real fast. Okay. So, um, he's kind of the cyberpunk dude, right? Okay, so. although while we're on adaptations, um, I still have not seen the remake of this film. I have. I do like it. It's, it's not a bad film. The fact that it's called a remake is the worst thing about it. Right. I mean, they don't go to Mars, right? I mean, it, which is not in the Dick story, right? No. The Dick story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the Mars is this movie. So yeah. it makes sense that the remake would not include it, but eh, it's just... I don't know. I mean, can, I, can you do the same implanting thing? And then, like, then people would say it's a ripoff of Total Recall. So I don't know. What if they just called it We Can Remember It For You or something and said, oh, it's an adaptation of the book? Okay, that would have been a good recall. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nowhere near as good as this movie, but it's... Well, it's got... I mean, I like Colin Farrell. He's not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, exactly. <laughs> he is an everyman. <laughs> it's more yeah. or less. An handsome one, but... <laughs> um, I do like that movie. Um, it definitely is... I mean, this movie is just... This 1990s total recall is simply... It's like a... It's in the... It's a sculpture in the Pop Culture Museum, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Philip K. Dick's original story is not. It's a no. footnote, as in it was based on this kind of sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's famous for this happening. <laughs> it's like the line in, uh... Do you know Talladega Nights? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chip, the only thing you ever did was make a hot daughter. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Philip K. Dick made some hot daughters. Yep. In the form of Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think you pretty much answered the question, does this film stand up? Do you not find me pretty? <laughs> Don't you like me, baby? <laughs> um, I try to remember a line from Junior now, because there are some lines which are basically that. Oh, okay. <laughs> does my bot look big? <laughs> he's, he's definitely saying to me, like, look at my breast. <laughs> Don't you love me anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'd like Junior better now. Because I, I saw think, it when I was like 12, right? So. Right. I think, I think you probably would get a kick out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I just went straight to the, yes, this film absolutely holds up. The remake, the remake, it's, fu- it's a nice film to throw in some evening. I, I've actually watched the remake like twice. Okay. I think I saw it in the theater. I think I watched it twice. No, maybe I didn't see it in the theater. I think I watched it twice on my Blu-ray. Okay. But I watched it twice, not once. So. Right. <laughs> it's not bad. It has cool stuff. It's very cool. Um, it has the elevator through like the center of the planet. Right. That right, was like right. the replacement for Mars, I guess. Okay. That's cool. That's a pretty cool idea. <laughs> yeah. It's just when you're trying. It's like you know, if you want to like take the Mona Lisa and like trying to like reframe it, people are gonna notice. <laughs> yep. Did I tell the Mona Lisa story? No. Uh-huh. Okay. I went on a high school trip, uh, orchestra trip, right? Yeah. And we were at the Louvre. Um, and it was a crowded room in Mona Lisa. It's a small painting, right? And then the next day I'm talking to a girl and she, I was like, oh yeah, you didn't go see it. No, I didn't want to push my way through. It was just a copy, you know? It's like, that wasn't a copy. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know it was the real Mona Lisa. <laughs> Correct. Because <laughs> the next day we were in, uh, it was like Monet's old house. Right. Where most of the paintings, there were copies. Just because right. the real ones were in like, you know, museums. Like, yeah, that's why I didn't go see a Mona Lisa. It's just a copy. I'm like, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I went and saw a Monet exhibit in uh, Nagoya. I like Monet. Yeah, I like Monet. That's, I Impressionist stuff is generally my favorite. Thing. When you go to the house, it's cool because you used to look around the garden. Oh, that's, that actually looks like a Monet painting. Huh? Probably because it is. So. Right. <laughs> that's why I like Skyward Sword because it all looks like Monet paintings. So is Total Recall more of a Monet or a, or a Da Vinci? It's a Monet. It's, it's a bit... Because like we were saying, it doesn't... It has like a weird style and like a overly... It is like an impressionist version of sci-fi. Yeah. It doesn't look real. It looks hyper real. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> it looks like the pieces put together and the seams are showing, but it doesn't... It's like a Transformer toy. You know, the seams are all yeah, showing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's cool. <laughs> like, for me, this isn't... Like, there are some Schwarzenegger films which I will watch like three times in the same week. This isn't quite one of them. This, this is one that I'll watch every now and then because it's like an interesting... Smart film. This would be but my most often like, Schwarzenegger, by the way. Right. Whereas for me, I'd rather just watch like Commando and Terminator because I just want to kill him, see him kill dudes for ninety minutes. Right. <laughs> no, I, I want to get my mind bended too. Right, but that's why like once six it, days. Once it mind bends your mind, it can't then bend your mind again the next day and the day after that. Like, whereas it's still fun to see Schwarzenegger cut a dude's head in half. You get both in here. I, I guess. <laughs> Movies have fucked me up. <laughs> Looks like you have a splitting headache. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> I think there's quotables in Total Recall. Oh, there definitely are. <laughs> Considered that a divorce. That's always been my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We You're not you. You're me. <laughs> you oh, think shit. this is a real Rick? I'm Rick. Oh, that's my <laughs> real quid. <laughs> that whole hologram bit is great. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, oh I, also, I like how... Um, Basically, in 80s films, it's like you find the thing and it's used like once later. Mm. The hologram's useful a few times. I like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's got the toy, he uses it a few times. It's not just like one and done. 
yeah, it was cool. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, like, I do really like this film. It's just, it's, well, it's too good. <laughs> <laughs> I want bad Schwarzenegger films. <laughs> yeah, but I see Verhoeven makes, he makes fantastic films with all the, um, all the accompaniments of a, terrible film yeah yeah. but yeah, one, yeah. a terrible film that you absolutely want to watch as well but then also if I'm gonna go Verhoeven I'd probably go Robocop over this I think I've actually watched Robocop less than this in Starship Troopers <laughs> Starship Troopers I've not seen since it came out oh okay so I'm looking forward to doing that one for the pod I like Starship Troopers also I want to read the book for that one yeah I was just thinking if I want to read it it's a long book uh, it's also the book is not parody right so I'm really interested to see how he's done that but he wrote Stranger in a Strange Land too right I'm, I, I'm, this is all like third-hand information, I don't know. Okay. We'll find out when we do that episode. Yeah, yeah. So. Layers. <laughs> As for Total Recall, I, if you don't like it, it's because it offends you. What? Because it's got all the violence and stuff. Oh, I guess. Three titties. If you're offended by that, you won't like it. You sound like every freaking white comedian right now. You can't admit they're not funny. People must be offended. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you don't like it, it's because you're offended. With Total Recall, sure. People can just not like it. No, you have to like Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold will rip your arms off if you don't like Total Recall. Okay, buddy. That's, come on, that's a convincing argument. <laughs> I, I, I want to be manhandled by Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how is Schwarzenegger going to contact you if he, if he decides to manhandle you? You can find the podcast on Twitter at MLSFSPod. We assume people are listening to this, but we haven't really checked. So, like, if you're listening to this podcast, drop us a message. Just go on the Twitter and be like, yeah, I listen. It's all right. You should change this. Or don't give us any criticisms if you like it. Pokemon is being done at Luke Lowe's P-P-K-M-N. Yes. I got it. Okay, good. So if Schwarzenegger wants to manhandle Pokemon, he can go there. There's definitely a fan of that online. Um, and if you've liked the music you've heard during this podcast, you can find that stuff at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. But only if you're a manhandling Schwarzenegger. I mean, other people can listen to Matt's music, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, please do notice us, Senpai. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Until next time, you can get your asses to Mars. See, I thought you were going to be like, see you at the party podcast listener. All that. Okay.